0: Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt,
1: co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. I'm going to get a bunch of emails again, lad. They're going to say same thing every week. What did you say that guy's name is? Oh,
0: I thought they gonna say, why are you bullying that nice guy?
1: Yeah, no, teasing not bullying. We've worked with you on this already. Yeah, usually the bullies
0: don't get to define the term.
1: Now Miles, would you would you agree with me that we tease, we don't bully? No, we we have never bullied. See what I'm saying? I feel vindicated. Well, I haven't now.
0: eaten lunch in eight years.
1: <laughs> That's just that's not true just looking at you. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yowzers. All right. Listen, fellas, let's jump into the Tucker Carlson uh, story, which is the story this week unfolding. And, Miles, off air, right before we began, you to tell the folks what you told us before we started the show today. You
2: know, as I've been cruising the Internet around this whole Tucker Carlson thing, to try to answer some questions that I had, because I, I I am clearly biased. I am a huge Tucker Carlson fan. I watched him every night. But there there's so much conflicting alleged news stories on the Internet that it kind of makes me think kind of like what we've been told about the war in U- Ukraine. We're not being told the truth. Listen, I agree with that. And just it's kind
1: of fascinating that you and I I think we're on the same page with that, but maybe as we've always been end up at the same spot from very different directions. When I tried to get my head around the Tucker circumstance frankly as a as a, as it relates to doing show prep, I looked at it and I found so many different versions. Of what happened, I mean it turned into the the ultimate in trying to peel an onion where i I think we're not seeing it, so I started googling because I remember the three of us touched on the Tucker Carlson story a few years ago, and I had to really do some research in fact, I got back in show notes and went back and what I found was August two thousand nineteen and I think this is um I came from the hill dot com And I can't open the article right now, but you guys can correct me. I think this was actually your Victor Davis Hanson fellow being interviewed on this topic in August of 19. And what he was saying is that the attack on Tucker Carlson has nothing to do with Tucker Carlson. It's got everything to do with with the left assaulting the right. And Tucker Carlson represented a conduit of information that the left simply couldn't tolerate. That was my interpretation of the interview that The Hill did with him. Miles, you're the big uh, Victor Davis Hanson fan and Tucker Carlson fan. Do you think he was on to something in 2019 and maybe even giving us a heads up for what was coming?
2: Well, and if if you watch Tucker on a regular basis, he would occasionally, uh, on an offhand remark, would say that people behind the scenes are coming after him. Right. I've heard him say that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I am I would not be surprised, but given that we're not being told the truth, I don't want to make any assumptions. Right.
0: Well, if you remember right, there was a point during that time period, him and even Hannity had to take a leave of absence for Fox to determine whether or not they were going to fire them based on uh, advertisements. Because the, the, the left was going after their advertisers. Right. And uh, Tucker took a leave after that time, too. But I absolutely agree. This isn't about the man himself. It's about the ideas he's talking about. I, I and somehow what I don't get is if, if we did the same thing and said, all right, let's go after Brian Steltzer or whatever on, on CNN because he's saying some radical off-the-wall things that aren't true. And we went after their advertisers. CNN, I, I don't think they'd – why is it different?
1: Listen, it's always been different. We've talked about our show and how it relates to this concept on the show several times over the course of the last approaching 11 years now. And and that was, listen, I will fight for their right, the left. I'll fight for their right to say what they want. And in fact, I beg them, meet us in the arena of ideas. Come debate these issues with us. Because that's how ideas are made better. I don't want it to be just Mike Hewitt's way, and I don't want it to be their way. What worries me, and and one of you guys reel me in and tell me if I'm wrong, but Miles, I think this is another one of those times when I get to point at you and say you were right. And that is that I don't think either party is, is at the helm, regardless of whether it's Trump or Biden or pick somebody else's name. I think there's an establishment. Everyone's talked about it, but I think that's who's driving this boat. Mm -hmm. And listen, that's a dangerous thing. I say to my friends on the left, if you—forget party when I say this—but if you support a Republican form of self-governance, in other words, the system that we're operating in— Supposedly. Well, that's what the Constitution lays out. Yeah, that's what the Constitution says. Not the party, a small R system of— of democratically elected representatives, that hybrid is referred to as a Republican form of self-governance. So I'm talking Poli 101. Uh-huh. That's what we're discussing. But it's factual unless it's not adhered to with the folks at the top. So I have said about this show that I primarily fund it myself. And the reason I do that, not because I'm wealthy, I promise you, that's not the case. But it's because I don't have anybody telling me what I can and cannot say.
0: So on, on, this, on the report, Republican form of government, this was an interesting point I heard this week. Is anything actually going to come out of this investigation? That was some uh, a Fox, somebody from Fox asking a sitting congressperson. And the more I've been stewing on that, has driven me crazy because we now have the COVID investigation with the f- school union. We got the Hunter Biden investigations. We got we got investigations in every committee. And how many times Mike and Miles, in your guys' lifetime, has something come out of an actual criminal charge out of one of those committees or um, investigations? I
1: can't remember a time. But listen, there's no mechanism for that to take place.
0: Then why are we wasting our time and dollars in this? Did because something to do. It,
1: because it makes grassroots feel better.
0: But that's not that's not our, our, our us governing ourselves. I'm
1: then. just telling you that that's my opinion. Someone yeah. can tell me I'm wrong, but you'll see the Republicans when when we're trying to get to a to a majority in the House and grassroots folks sitting at home typing on fake book are saying, "I demand if you get there, you do something." But that's not what the role of the House of Representatives is. It just that's just not the role. Their role, they're, they're the purse. That's their role. They are the purse. They're the people's house, but it controls the purse strings. Mm-hmm. And and so when the left gets there, they, both sides have angry grassroots. And and I got to tell you, both sides on those angry grassroots, both sides have a reason to be angry because
2: both sides are being lied to. Miles, am I all wet when I say that? No. Uh, and the, the the thing that frustrates me is that, because they're doing all these fake investigations, that even if they made a referral to the Department of Justice... Nothing would happen. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're basically just going to put that referral into a paper shredder. That's yep. why I think that was a hook on the center question. What, what we're actually doing here is that the Democrats next year are going to be able to run on, okay, you gave control of the House to the Republicans, and they did nothing other than their own version of January 6th. But but listen, that's that's what, uh, and this is where I
1: get in trouble with YouTube probably, and we're we're down to seconds, so you're gonna have to tear me apart after the break. But to me, that's what populist politics gets us. It gets feel good stuff, throw the red meat out, and move on, and that that's what we have traded for. And I think that's a problem. But listen, folks, we're out of time. We've got to go to the break, but we'll be right back, and we've got a lot more to to get out there. Well, listen, fellas, Before we move away from the Tucker Carlson thing, I, I this is Miles. I'm I'm wanting you to straighten me out on this, because he had to go in for depositions as a result of the Dominion suit, and I'm told that there are two other huge, gigantic billions-plus-dollar suits that are in the process right now, aimed at Fox for some of the things that were reported on. That, in the case of Dominion, they believe is not true. But part of what happened during depositions was that his phones were subpoenaed. And so the texts became, I don't believe this is that, um, I don't think this was appropriate, but those texts have become part of the public arena. And some of them were pretty pretty vulgar language. What did Trump call it? Uh, Locker room talk. In fact, my wife and I had a big discussion this morning about this, the locker room stuff, because he used some pretty uh, unacceptable language nowadays to describe women, et cetera. And I said, in <laughs> I'm looking at Ludwig when I say this, folks, because you and I have gotten into some message exchanges over the years. Yeah. Where you go, holy smokes! I don't want that, and it's all in fun, by the way, folks. Yeah. It's all joking, yeah. but you go—that's ah, not something I'd want.
0: I, I, I delete it.
1: You know, re- <laughs> I don't want to read that on CNN. Yeah, I'm no. just saying, but they're in fun. <laughs> yeah. And Miles, you and I, over the course of our time to be able to text, have had some things I don't. That's so. I feel bad for him, but at the same time, Miles, if you're correct and and. They sought to put down our conduit of information. He provided them with a reason and a, and a, a rationale with that kind of.
0: But did they really? Because if he went today and said, look, and I'm going to join Newsmax or I'm going to go on Rumble, the people who hate him already aren't going to listen. And the people who love him are going to continue to support him. He's still going to make his 15, 20-plus million I, a year.
1: I bet I bet his contracts have got some no no uh, no-compete clauses in them that they're going to have to spear it into the courtroom.
0: Then he got a huge payday because they can't do that well, with him. Well, i, I
1: got to tell you, I think you're going to find that he can't just show up tomorrow at CNN or, or where, Newsmax, to your point.
0: No, that's and, why he even said, like, rumble. He could start his own thing.
1: Well, he might start his own thing. Yeah. I'm hearing rumbles, not to play on words, that that him and in um, Elon Musk are looking at a Twitter-based show now, I, I have no idea, but... It makes sense. It would make sense. All right, changing gears. Biden kicked off re-election campaign with a union boss who used Hunter Biden to get uh, White House access. And I, folks, if I wrote these stories in, in a novel, people would say, that, that can't be true, Mike. Stop that, quit writing that nonsense. But it is true. See, I mean, under Biden, the cocaine guy—that's—that's that's an expert in so many fields you can't count them. With world powers on all of the continents, you gotta go. Wow, this guy's—this guy's pretty good. I, I, I,
2: holy smokes, who's running the show over there, Miles? I think it's a uh, rule by by committee. I, I don't know uh, that there's one single person. Listen, I've chaired a lot of committees in my
1: time. I can't imagine saying this committee, from this point forward, is going to have Hunter Biden be our communications conduit.
0: Man, did you see him in, in like, Ireland, though, and stuff? He was shaking hands with the Irish people, like he was part of the administration. Well,
1: he's, right. yeah, he's a big deal.
0: Well, just, why wouldn't you hide Just this ask, ask him. Didn't I, Bill Clinton hide his brother? Yeah. <laughs> Because he was embarrassing at Biden's, like, publicly endorsing. Them. Like, come on, son. Come on with me. Bring your crack, your cocaine, and your hookers, too.
1: Yeah, see, now, Miles and I are older than you, as you like to point out. A lot. But my first flash when you said that, I went right back to, to Bob. Was it was it Bobby Carter? Was that his name, Miles? Billy. Billy. Billy Beer. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I just remember the Clinton brother. That's my, my age here. That's, you That's you even, were, I was still young. Bro. Yeah,
1: you were you were still running around with your little buddy doll,
0: <sighs> trying to steal it from my brother. <laughs> Listen, the fact that he kicked off a reelection campaign
1: mind boggles. I, my, absolutely, the guy doesn't know whether he's a foot or horseback.
0: But he he said, "I'm not going to run. I'm the bridge." He said, "I'm the bridge."
1: He I, said that as candidate, mm-hmm. I'm only going to run once. Yep. Well, then when he kept saying, "I'm going to run," "I'm going to run." Folks, I I honestly thought in fact I think I said that here was that okay he doesn't want to turn into a lame duck so he's got to say it well he contracted with Michigan radio stations this week to spend 300 grand just as his kickoff on radio in Michigan so he's he's um it's they're looking some big money spending
0: well you know his opponents already are are about a third of the vote for the primary are they going to win no but He's not solidified.
2: Hey, but guys, the Wicked Witch of the North is going to be on the campaign trail for him. Listen, you laugh. Good. But
1: listen, the, the Wicked Witch of the North, com- comrade Witless, as I affectionately refer to her for folks everywhere else, that's our, what do you call her, The what do you call her, the commandant? Of the Whitmer Correctional <laughs> Facility. <laughs> she's gone center, all of her, and by the way, she's filling up. My cable TV on all of the History Channel and channels like that stuff I like to watch. It's Whit- it's it's Whitmer back to back to back to back, and she's talking about tax cuts, and she's sounding uh, very centrist. And as you you start watching it, I she truly it, is. It? And because, in, and this is my view, the at least the purple state, um, purple states, their Republican parties, most of them. Michigan, for certain, is in trouble. Yeah. And she sees that, and she sees that center-right center, center right folks have walked away from the Republican Party, at least in Michigan, and I'm reading that in six or
2: seven of the purple states, it's the same.
1: And Dude, so she's playing are being to the center.
2: very op- optimistic uh, considering the Whitmer Correctional Facility as being purple, You guys are as blue as we are down here in Illinois. (laughs) Uh, Right?
1: I would
0: say it's California, maybe. We're like California transplant. We are now? Yeah, we're like the stepsister to California.
1: Uh, I got to tell you, I still think we're purple. And here's my rationale. I think a lot of the folks center-right watched the angry mob campaigns that we saw unfold in midterms. Folks... If you're not from Michigan, i got to tell you, I've been doing this long enough to get fat and bald. I've watched a lot of it over the course of decades, plural. It was the worst I have ever seen from the larger county parties in Michigan and state party. I was deeply involved in it. I watched it up front, close and personal. And now that party, with new leadership elected in February of this of this year, in fact, I read a big article in The Hill that says the party is dead. and But no matter how you want to look at it, major donors have walked away, and center-right has walked away. If we don't have center-right, then Miles Bauer is 100% correct. We are now a deep blue state. We must have center-right. And we've our party structure and our angry mob candidates have effectively told them to buzz off they're not needed. And they went, well... Okay, then we're out of here. And then we saw the midterms. And unless we have a major course correction, we're going to see exactly that again.
0: Now, I will say that I think some frustration in the parties has boiled up in the last decade because of the disregard to that side of things uh, by by elected officials that, oh, I don't really need you because I'm still going to win 75-25. Uh, so I do think there's there's been a cut it's not just what we're seeing now it's been an overflow and kind of a rolling thing but I'm not center right I'm way more right than that but I'm also not the fringe no but I'm you, walking away from it like I don't want to deal with this you're not you're not the fr-
1: you're you're Mr. Squishy.
0: yeah I'm center yeah. center right to the uh, right He's back got, center right.
1: He's got one of those small airport wind checkers. Sticks it up in the air, see which way the wind blows. That's
0: what you need to let me And that's office. what he's doing. It's a politician. Oh, my god. You can spin gracious. everything. That's how you spin the story. I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I will tell you this, of what I want to talk about during this show is the messaging. I think our candidates coming up in state parties and county parties need to be switching gears to. I think if we don't forget all of the rest of the debate, we'll be in trouble. Folks, stay with us. We've got to go to a break. But we'll be right back. <music> Folks, I am Mike, your co-hosts, Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. Listen, I, I, I guess I want to change gears kind of a little bit. Um... So Lud, you can help me. Have you been following the Chinese Communist Party story? Which part of it? The one in Macosta County with the batteries.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you're talking about that or the fake police stations in uh, New York.
1: No, the, the Macosta County yep. one.
0: The one up there in Big Rapids. What's your opinion? Oh, well I've read the, the the not the mission statement, but their their policies and, and whatnot and it's completely <laughs> disgusting. Uh, how their, their st- corporate structure and uh, culture is supposed to be set up. Uh, it has no business being, uh, let alone in the United States, let alone in a community like Big Rapids in Michigan.
1: Listen, i got to stop us. I've got something I'm excited about, and I want to share it with everybody. Maverick Levy?
3: Hey, how are you?
1: Good. Hey, Maverick, welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show.
3: Um, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Ah, uh, you're most
1: welcome. And listen, I'm, I understand, Maverick, that you are the chief information officer. Um, tell me, tell us about your group and what you do and. How can we help you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I am the chief information officer for a company called Create Every Opportunity. We provide an education around financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and basic life skills via an online platform that we have built. And... Starting next year, the state of Michigan passed legislation. It was a bipartisan effort that requires high school students to take a half-credit course on financial literacy. So we just want to let the parents know, let the teachers know, let the educators know that this awesome legislation has passed, is coming, and we hope to be one of the providers that the students will use inside the classrooms.
1: Maverick, help us. And by the way, let me warn you, one of my co-hosts is a professor that teaches micro and macro economics. So as soon as I get done being sweet and glad handing you he might he might come after you <laughs> a little bit. He's laughing at me.
3: And there yeah. you go. <laughs> I, I I would appreciate that conversation.
1: Yeah no help help me understand though. When of course I'm sixty two so I'm a wee bit older than all of you, even older than Miles. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> but listen, when I was in school we had similar courses that I think you're describing. We talked about basic stock market issues, uh, how to do back then it was how to do a checking account, what a credit score was and what it meant. And by the way, that was in the early days of credit scoring in total. Um, But give me an idea. If I were, first off, what, what do you think the average, what grade are the students are you hoping will be taking your, your, uh, your course?
3: Yeah, so I'm going to take a step back for a second and go back to your comment. You're absolutely right. As I talk to people of an older generation, I myself, I'm 24 years old, so just a little bit younger than you. But, you know, I, I talk no. to people, and it was a home at class. Now, Maverick, wait. A, a Maverick, at,
1: Maverick, wait. We're the same age at heart.
3: Uh, there you go. Age is just a number, right? <laughs> I'm for, sorry. Not keep, for Mike,
1: it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going. So, yeah, we did. Go no ahead.
3: problem at all. I, I was going to say, you know, for some reason, this was lost, lost in translation over the years. It was not part of education in a majority of classrooms, and that's why there was this bipartisan effort to require this within schools. But to answer your question direct about what age do I think is the appropriate age to begin this education, I really think freshman year of high school is a great age to start. The reason for that is is I think you're at an age where you're starting to understand the principles of money and some of the basics. but it, when you become a freshman in high school, that's a time where people start to get jobs, whether they're a waiter or waitress, a hostess or a host, a bad boy at the grocery store. You start to have a little bit of income trickling in so that you can fill up your gas in the car if you have one or provide a means of transportation. So that's why I really like that freshman year. Okay. However, let me, it, it, it's going to be me, a couple different things within schools.
1: Maverick, let me stop you for a minute because I want to asked you a really quick question and then I'm gonna throw you into the deep end with, with Ludwig over here. But you said freshman. <laughs> I can tell you when when I did go through a similar course, it was in the seventh grade. Now I don't you know that's middle school. Back then it was junior high school. Right. We've renamed it. I don't that made some screwball somewhere feel better. To rename it, but that's for a, se- for a separate show. Ludwig, what is your opinion of what the man is saying?
0: So, the, the first thing I would say is based on the age. I actually feel, in my my opinion, having kids that are high school scholars, and being I'm forty one, so I'm the between you and old man Mike here. I I really see that as a junior and a senior level, and here's why I would I would suggest this, or even throw this out. There's one: these kids are about to go take on a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. What they learn in freshman year, they hardly remember anything as it is, let alone financial literacy. So, and also with kids nowadays, you, you really don't work till you're about 16. And that's about a late sophomore, early junior. So I, I think that the age, a little bit better. But my biggest question is, what's the difference between you, what you guys are doing in this new legislation, and the personal finance class they already offer? I believe it's considered an elective now versus a mandatory class. But is there a difference?
3: Uh, That is exactly it. So to your point, listen, whatever age it starts at, I think that's going to be different for everyone. I personally started working when I was 11 years old at a landscaping business that I started. So I think the age in which someone works is going to be a little bit different. But going back to your question, you know, like you said, it wasn't elective. It was not a mandatory course. And unfortunately, in some of the smaller school districts around Michigan and more rural areas, you weren't having a financial literacy course because it wasn't a requirement. Now, when it becomes a requirement, yeah, it may add some stress on to some of the teachers and higher-up educators, but it's something that's very beneficial for the children. And the difference here is that we provide a, a program that uses real-life industry leaders. So we have people that either the student will recognize the organization or business in which they come from or them themselves. And the reason we did that is because, listen, I wasn't in high school too long ago, and I thought what is going to keep us most engaged in the classroom? And what we all came up with at the drawing board was having something that's real-life examples example. So we have people like the Commissioner of Major League Baseball come on and talk about hiring and firing. We have the CEO of AT&T come on and talk about general business, CEO of Barstool Sports. So we try and make it super engaging so that it's not, you know, me and Mike sat on the corner selling bananas for $5 a pop. We really wanted to make it super engaging so that the students could so sit down and pay attention to it.
0: With your program, are you then looking to implement this as an online study class or an actual instructor just playing
3: videos that you guys have come up with? yeah, so we have a couple of different ways that you can go about it. We, our platform can be used with an educator in the room or absent of an educator in the room. And each lesson, to your point, encompasses a couple of different items. One is a video module from that industry expert. Another is a read-along PDF that gives some other examples and insights that go along with what that topic is. We also also have an assessment portion that's part of it and then some additional resources where the student can learn about that topic by clicking on some links and going to some other pages as well.
1: i got to tell you both. I think I'm where I was in the beginning. I like the idea. I'm glad it's mandatory. I continue to believe it ought to be in seventh grade, and I think Ludwig offered proof that it should be earlier because somebody that would sign up for $100,000 in higher education to get a degree in absolutely nothing that they'll end up doing in life tells me that they're financially illiterate and should have had the course way sooner. And that's my earnest opinion, yeah. by the way. So they're going to go take a four-year degree in absolutely rubbish. And the counselors at the higher education center, oh, no, that's a good idea. Sign right here, here, yeah. and here.
0: But I think that's a whole different topic It is a different literacy. topic.
1: But if they were financial literate, if there was some literacy, that wouldn't be the case. Listen, we're down to seconds. Maverick Levy, tell people how they can find your organization.
3: Yes, yeah, so you can learn more about Create Every Opportunity by visiting our website, createeveryopportunity.org. We have a couple webinars coming up, so I encourage you all to go. If you're an educator, a parent, even a student, you can go learn more about our platform, and we hope to see you in classrooms very soon.
1: Very, very nice. Maverick Levy, thank you very much. Folks, stay with us and we will be right back. An evergreen moment would make you it. A- at birth, the nurses nicknamed him Samson, because he weighed in at 11 pounds 6 ounces. He was a 12th generation descendant of a Mayflower passenger, the Plymouth Colony Governor. Yup, he was a big baby with a big name in his heritage, but he didn't come from riches, and he wasn't exactly suited for school. He worked a bunch of odd jobs, and then he was drafted. He spent most of his military service at Fort Ord. That's when he snuck into Universal Studios. His effort resulted in a lackluster audition, but they were in Impressed with his good looks and six foot four frame, by fifty four he was working uncredited bit parts in a string of B movies, trying to build a career but digging swimming pools to pay the bills. You know that Samson-sized baby is Clint Eastwood. He defied all odds and gifted us with an evergreen moment to learn and live by: get serious, work hard, and never give up. That's how he got his lucky break. Find the MyQ show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You'll like it. Listen, guys. The reason I wanted to air that and the reason I put it together is I think that the Republican Party and Republican candidates need to change gears. So I do that 60-second piece every week. I'm changing gears also. Um, And what I'm getting at, Lud, you and I have debated this a few times. Mm -hmm. I think you've lost every single debate, by the way.
0: Well, you're the judge. It's not really fair.
1: (laughs) Miles, that's exactly how— our department of justice works okay <laughs> that's right you you're guilty cuz cuz i said so <laughs> i'm teasing a little bit listen folks we've got to stop being the party of no yeah we've got to stop being the party and the candidates of that won't work mm-hmm. we've got to be get away from a bag of negatives and i believe and i've said this listen i used to do training um for years i did sales training and I would tell folks, and I'm going to tell you folks this, I think every human has got a switch in their head. If it's positive, it's up. If it's down, it's negative. It's way easier to get someone to, to put that switch down negative than it is to get that switch positive. I believe that. The problem with it is is that folks are not treading water. They're either going uphill or they're going down. We have proof now that thinking negative and being negative is a cycle down, that's negative, drives down. And uh, listen, Ronald Reagan demonstrated the path forward with his campaign that was mourning in America. It it made folks feel good to be American. So he didn't have to run around pointing at everything he disagreed with, saying, I disagree with that because of this big gigantic laundry list, I'm going to post to Facebook. That's not what he did. He said, that's the path we should be on. If you sit down with with 50 folks that vote Republican, by the way, I don't care if they're grassroots, part of the angry mob, part of the establishment, rhinos, whatever the newest stupid name that wants to be thrown out there is. I don't care about any of that. If you find 50 Republicans and ask each one of them, tell me what the Republican Party stands for. They won't know. I know people that have been volunteers within the party for four and five decades and have no idea what it stands for anymore. And I'm not going negative right now. I'm putting an exclamation mark on the end of a sentence. And that sentence says, it's time for us to find out what we can say yes to and start doing it. Yeah. Ludson, you're the guy that always loses this debate with me. I'll start with you. What say you on that topic?
0: I- I've been saying for... Two years or longer, that messaging is our biggest issue. we got to stop focusing on just these little issues, these single issues, and saying we are against this, we're against this, we're against this, and start saying what we are for. So people can stop can go around saying, well, you guys are against this. No, we're not. Well, what you, you're not for this. Yes, we are. Well, I've never heard that. That's the problem.
1: But we're being baited. Miles, i got to go to you, Sue, because you're the older fella in the room, younger than me, but uh, things like drag queens. I've heard about drag queens all my life. This isn't anything new. It just isn't. Jim Brown, I mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago, who's been on this show before, lifetime ca- uh, career police officer, started out as a cadet, retired as a, as a uh, senior detective, uh, and used to go down with a group of Pontiac cops to the drag shows, took their wives, by the way. It was a lot of fun. They laughed, they hooted, they hollered. Suddenly it's a lightning rod issue. And I get why folks are upset, so I'm not being naive. I get it. But we're being baited. Yeah. The left and the folks that are got, the, got their hands on the levers and control of the left, they're looking, going, how can we make those people scream louder and sound crazier? How can we get them to yell, no more often? And they threw, they're just throwing one thing out after another to get us to respond to it. And I say, let's stop being reactionary and take action. And that's
2: positive,
1: not negative. Mm-hmm. Miles Bauer, what say you on this?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, rather than us focusing on what Hunter Biden did or didn't do, or if the Department of Justice is weaponized, if the Republicans don't start focusing on making fly over country people's lives better rather than focusing on all this clickbait stuff, then the Republicans are once again, going to get their butts kicked in 24. They are. They're going to look a lot like the Whig party.
0: Well, I think we talked about it last week, right? Like all of a sudden there, no, we have below sixth grade standards for reading in the nation. Right. Yeah. At those school board meetings, there were zero people. And, but then there's one over this book is the book. Awful, and shouldn't be in the school. Yeah, we. I think a lot of people would agree with that. But that's what got people riled up. Not that their kid can't read the book in the first place. It was a picture book. There's well, so, pictures in the book, but...
1: Here's the point, though. If, if candidates and the parties, when I say parties plural, it's because there's county parties, there's congressional district parties, there's state parties, and then there's the RNC folks. Most of those, the overwhelming majority of the people involved in those layers are volunteers. They're good people. They care enough. Even the ones I don't agree with, by the way, they're good people and they care enough to volunteer their time and do things. I'm saying all of us, and including me, because it's easy to get stuck in those ruts of hitting those clickbaits. In fact, on the show, doing show notes, there's been an ongoing joke with Miles and I that we've talked about on the show before, with that's clickbait, Mike. Yeah, and he's right because you get caught up in it. I'm saying that we've got to lift ourselves up. Each of us have got to lift ourselves up and start looking at things we can say yes
0: to. Well, and to Miles's point, you're right, 100%. Miles, do you think the guy driving down the street right now cares if Hunter Biden gets uh, tried or convicted of any crime, where yet the growth of the economy is a 1.1 percent? We are in Biden's economy now. The COVID bump is gone. The three points and the two point above twos are all gone because COVID, that rebound's happened. We are past that now. Now we're in Biden's economy. We're seeing 1.1% growth. That's what we need to be messaging about. Right. I
2: I mean, think about it. We have people deciding, do I put more gas in my car or do I buy food tonight for dinner?
1: Right. Do I pay my mortgage payment or do I hope they don't throw me out? because the only way I can get to work, because, wow, I still have a job, I say all those things, we can acknowledge the problem. I'm not saying for us to pretend that the problems aren't there. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we need to start providing a recipe that says that's the an- that's the problem. This is the answer. This is what we're saying yes to. This is who we are. Now, listen, for me, I'm an old guy, as Lud likes to point out. So I'm looking for fiscal responsibility in a limited representative government that's guided by the Constitution. That's what I'm saying yes to. But but to you guys' point, it's, it's, it's got to go down to how that is. My sister Brenda, she'd say, she said on the show before, that's all wonderful, but tell me what it means to me. And what it means to her is not that Hunter is a, a butthead, Everybody knows that. What means to her is, can you provide a path that's going to change my environment? Yeah. And if we're not, if we're busy on Facebook saying stupid stuff because we're angry, folks, that's not a positive path. That's not curing anybody's troubles. No. I passionately believe it.
0: We had to start focusing on how to make people's better live, lives better, and we all know it all starts with the wallet or the checkbook.
1: Right. Well, if- was Who was it that said it's, uh, it's the economy, stupid? Was that uh, James Carville?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: But he was right. He really was right. And I'm But listen, I'm still with Reagan on this. He made folks feel good to be an American. Mm-hmm. Not that we were better than everybody else in the entire world. That's a different conversation than saying we feel good being an American, and he's providing us a path. That's what folks need is they need a path to go forward. Miles, we're down to seconds. Any final words?
2: No, you know, I'm, I I just feel sorry for Lud because I know <laughs> he misses his little, little buddy. I'm going to get him one for this. When's your birthday, Lud? We're going to get you a new little
0: buddy. It's actually in like three weeks. Ah,
1: we're going to hook you up. We're going to take, <laughs> folks, we'll put pictures of him and his new little buddy on the show's website at themikehewittshow.com. <laughs> Listen, folks, thank you very, very much for joining us. Be safe, and we will see you next week.